Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. But how many people have stopped running the race because Somebody said something in church that offended them. Or somebody did this. Or some little thing that Satan takes and does what? Just blows it out of the water. And they justify that. That's because Satan is a great deceiver. And I'm still shocked at people that will allow the enemy to do that. When you're a Christ follower, you're fighting a battle on three fronts. It's you against your own sin nature, the world system, and the forces of the devil. Wow, no wonder living a godly life so often seems like a grind. God didn't candy coat what you're up against, though. He lets you know how it was going to be from the beginning. And as Pastor Mark will be reminding you in his teaching today, God's already defeated all three of those enemies for you. You just have to live your life in that victory. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 12 as he continues his message, The Race of Faith. that it was a sin of unbelief. In other words, let's just go back under legalism. We don't have any problems there. Nobody's going to hassle us in the government. Our old friends aren't going to make it fun anymore. Let's just go back under the law. But see, if you do that, Galatians 5.17 says this, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions, or you're not free to run the race as God wants you. So what do I do? What's the result of it? The answer to that problem in verse 17 is verse 16. Notice. So I say, let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So how do I do this? How do I set that aside? Simply this. Ask yourself, God, what is the sin in my life that I need to remove, that I need to get rid of? Is it just general sin that, as 1 Corinthians 3 says, you're kind of a carnal Christian? There's not much happening? Is it the sin that you personally struggle with? And yesterday you said to God, I won't do that again, but you did. Is it the sin of unbelief? 
It could be that you sit here and go, China, wow, that's terrific, but I mean, God could never use me there. Well, he used a 70-year-old lady by herself, and she equipped those, and as Wood told us, look at the ripples of that. You see, remember, we're studying the book of Hebrews. What did it say in the book of Hebrews? Without faith, God can't be pleased. So we have to have faith. So who does this? Well, 1 Corinthians 11, and I'm using these verses, we're not turning there just because of time. 1 Corinthians 11 says this, but if we would examine ourselves, if we'd examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. So you have a conscience. It's sensitive to the things of the word of God. When the Holy Spirit convicts us, we're simply to repent and receive God's forgiveness. And as I do that, I've stripped off that sin, I've gotten rid of the weight, and now we come to the third part. Take a look at verse 12, Hebrews 12, one again, you're right there, you've turned to it. And let us run with endurance or perseverance the race God has set before us. Notice, all the us's, let us, we, what is that? That's family. Every one of us have a race that God set for us. Now, there are two things to run without, run without sin, run without weights. But then we're to run with something. What is that something? Here's your third key. We are number three, to run with endurance. Say it with me, endurance. Endurance. It even sounds terrible, doesn't it? Endurance. Remember we talked about luggage. Lug, lug, luggage. Endurance, perseverance. Amazingly, the word race in the original language, it means a contest, an effort, a conflict, a fight. Do you know we have an English word that comes from this word race? It's called agony. Some of you go, praise God, I knew it. <laughs> Exercise, agony, praise God. How many of you feel that way? Show them. Come on, come on. Typically, you've married somebody that loves to exercise and you hate it. How many is that's true in your family right now? Let's see it, good. We'll pray for you. Let's just pray for those families right now. Because that's always what? That's always a little friction, isn't it? Let's go running. I don't want to run. You need to run. I don't want to run. You already know what I'm talking about, don't you? Agony. Well, the race is an agony, but you're going to see it's also a great joy. Jesus is going to be that example. Life is filled with difficulties. It's simply a battle. There are real hurts. There are real dangers. There is a real enemy. Satan. You and I have three enemies that one simply to say to us, make the race ineffective, you're kind of carnal, the things of God aren't important to you, so you have all these, not sins, but you just fill with these weights. Or the enemy says to you, just quit it, would you? Just just simply quit it. Now, there's three enemies against us. You don't need to write this down. You know them. The devil, our flesh, and of course, the world, that world system. 
God will give us the strength. I've been teaching the word since I was 19. So I've been teaching the word many, many, many years. 45 years almost. What have I seen in the church? What I've seen in the church is lots of sprinters and lots of false starts. Oh, I have seen people run with endurance, but so many people started the Christian race and they got sidetracked. Lack of perseverance, lack of endurance, something that the enemy took that was very small and blew up. Let me ask you a question. How many of you in this room personally know someone who started the race as a Christ follower, but they're not even in the race. They're not even in church. They're, they don't even claim to be a Christian anymore. They're not even following Christ. How, how many know somebody like that? Raise your hand. Now, why is that? This verse tells us. In this bag was a weight, was a sin, and it made them not be able to run the race. Why? There was no endurance. It was too heavy. Satan came. And you probably can't, I'm sure there's some, but you probably can't tell me too many things that I haven't seen my whole life. Remember, my dad was a pastor. My grandpa was a pastor. I've been in this my whole life. There's not many things you can bring to me and say, well, this is why this person did it. It probably wouldn't surprise me. I've seen the most bizarre things that have sidelined people. If you went through your neighborhood and asked people why they stopped running the race, you'd be shocked at some of their answers. You know what I like to do with those people? Obviously, I can't. I can't change them. I'd like to take them to China. I'd like to take them to India. I'd like to take them to Burma and see 100,000 people that have died that are living on a little rice and water. The underground church I was in, in Beijing a few weeks ago, the pastor there, many years ago, when he was being raised, it was so bad in his family in China, so difficult, that they were without food in his family for a long time. And he actually, heard tell the story, he ate a piece of his shirt for food. And, of course, got sick. See, we don't understand that. But how many people have stopped running the race because somebody said something in the church that offended them? Or somebody did this? Or some little thing that Satan takes and does what? Just blows it out of the water. And they justify that. That's because Satan is a great deceiver. And I'm still shocked at people that will allow the enemy to do that. But see, he's very wise. Maybe you're here, and you normally don't go to church, and you got hurt in the church 20 years ago, and you've held it against that church or that pastor or whatever. I have a little sign on my desk for you. What is it? Get over it. Get over it. <laughs> Praise God. Because that could keep you, listen, from heaven. That could keep you from heaven. You say, well, it wasn't my fault. I know it wasn't your fault. 
doesn't matter. Get over it. God can help you get over it. Which are you? Are you the rabbit? Or are you the turtle? What does that mean? Endurance. Steady. Keep going forward. Plotter. Faithful. One foot after the other foot. We just go. Those of you that are on a diet, how do you do it? Well, I lose 50 pounds the first day. Praise God. Well, not unless you had your head cut off or something like that. That's not true. How do you do it? One day at a time, a few less calories, a little more agony in the running, a few of those things. That's how it works. See, in our world, we want everything what? Now. Drive through everything. Drive through church. Drive through spirituality. Drive through maturity. No, it doesn't work. Notice what Wood said. One year, studying the Word of God systematically, verse by verse, precept by precept, put it into our hearts, and next year, a little further, then go out. See, here's where many people stop with this perseverance. I've told you this before. You'll never really grow spiritually until you put what you've learned into practice. You see, if you're not serving God, Really, you'll never grow spiritually. You just have to find a place to serve. As I said, the kids' ministry, first person, parking lot, it doesn't matter. Is it going to cost you to serve God? Absolutely. But it's going to cost you more not to serve God. So we go forward. Notice that. The maturity comes from service. It's perseverance. It's simply staying with it. The Christian race is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And we will have hardships. We will have difficult things. The rabbit started fast. The tortoise hurried slow. But when the race was passed, endurance won the show. Turn with me. Keep your finger there in Hebrews. Turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. What produces endurance? You probably don't like these verses, but this is what happens. James chapter 1, look down to verse 2. Consider it pure agony, my brother. Excuse me. Consider it pure joy, my brothers. When you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops what? Say it with me. Perseverance. The testing of it. Remember, faith that isn't tested. Can't be what? Can't be trusted. So that you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Many of us would like to leave this earth kind of like Elijah and Enoch. Enoch, no no sickness, no death, just translated. But really, most of us are just going to have to finish Life is God designed for us. And between now and the end of our life, they're simply going to be trials. God allows them. He allows them here because this struggle against Satan and sin is that which requires me to say, help God. I can't do it because I've been a Christian 60 years. I need the power of God. Keep on, Ephesians 5.18, keep on being filled. Can't do it in the natural. Now, back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. 
I need to run that. Well, how do I run? Well, I run it with endurance. How am I going to endure? Here it is. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand throne of God. Next thing you want to write in your notes is this. We need to run with our eyes fixed on Jesus. I can't run the race in my own power. I can't run someone else's race. We're to run our race fixed on Jesus. Now, why is that? Actually, my race on earth is to become like Christ. You remember Romans 8, 29? God chose us to become like his son. So my race is simply to model the model, to be like Jesus, to think like God, to act like God, to have that character and the nature that Jesus Christ has. How am I going to do that? I keep my eyes on the role model. He's the perfecter. He's the pioneer. He's the one that ran his race perfect. I won't run my race perfect. I already know that. Jesus is the one who I model. And as you think about that, remember, don't become discouraged. Jesus came to this earth fully God and fully man. But he lived as a man equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit. So I have an incredible role model. I'm to keep my eyes on him. And you say, well, Pastor Mark, how do I fix my eyes on Jesus? He isn't here. I can't see him. How do I do it? Very easy. Here's how you keep your eyes on Jesus. You read his word. You put your eyes in there. This is the word. This is Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. So how do I keep my eyes on him? This is it. You read the word of God, and you obey it. Next thing you want to write, you simply keep our eyes on Jesus by reading his word and obeying his commands. Remember 1 John? Whoever claims to live in him must run or walk as Jesus did. So how do I do that? That's why God gave us his word. He gave us the Old Testament as many role model people. That's why we're going through the book of Exodus, Moses, Abraham, many of those people in the Old Testament, great models, teach us how to do it, how not to do it. Same for Jesus, as we read through the whole passage of Scripture. Interesting that that word looking in the original language, or fix your eyes, it implies a looking away from things and a looking to Jesus. A looking away from things and a looking to the author and the finisher of my faith. Keep your eyes, don't keep your eyes on a man. Now you can keep your eyes on a man, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, you can keep your eyes on him if he's running like Jesus. That's a good role model. We have role models, but ultimately we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. Now, second, run with joy and finish with joy. Pastor Mark, you said it was agony. Well, it is in the natural, but not in the spiritual. 
See, happiness depends on circumstances, but joy depends on God. Joy just simply means that I know that God's in control of every aspect of my life. So can I actually run this race, my spiritual eyes on Jesus? Yes. I don't look back. I don't look at others. I don't take that bag, my life, and say, well, this is a weight, but it's okay to run with it. No, get rid of it. Strip it off. Get it out of here. Now, how often do I have to strip things off? As often as they attach themselves to me. God will speak to you in your quiet time to get rid of it. And then you just simply, notice chapter 2 again, who for the joy set before him. Jesus ran the race. One of my favorite pictures, you know it, it's smiling Jesus. Many people think that Jesus never smiled. That's foolish. I mean, if you had 12 disciples like Jesus had, you would smile a lot. Look at us. Yes, he was a man of sorrows. He knew what was going to happen. But there was a joy set before him. You know what that joy set before him was? It was you and I coming to Christ. He knew that one day we'd be presented with the gospel. That brought joy to him. What's the Bible say? When there's one sinner, what happens in heaven? There's joy. What are you looking forward to? I hope you're looking forward to the joy of heaven. We're going to be there. Why? Because Jesus finished his race with joy. Joy helps me endure. It's not happiness. It's joy. Am I happy? I am. In fact, as I run, the book of Nehemiah says this, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, you don't know what's happening. The joy of the Lord is my strength. But this person did this to me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Jesus joyfully endured the cross so that we could have our sins forgiven. Jesus joyfully endured the cross so I could bear the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus joyfully endured the cross so I could be with him in heaven. Realize that God lives in you. He's for you. He'll never leave you. He's working all things together for good. There's hope for you. Joy. Let me end tonight with this one verse. Psalm 1611. I love it in the New Living Translation. It says this. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Like Jesus, strip off every weight. You strip it off. God will help you. And the sin that easily trips you up. And then run with endurance for the long haul. Ask God to help you. Get serving. Use what you learn. Pastor Mike, God hasn't given me anything new. That's because you haven't put what you learn already in action. Use it. God will do it. And as you're doing it, we keep our eyes not on man, but on Jesus Christ. Today's teaching from Pastor Mark focused on what can happen when you get discouraged in your walk with Christ. 
He told you about the sin of unbelief, which is the end result of drifting away from God. He talked about the reality of your Christian walk and how it's hard. You were encouraged to look at the end goal just like Jesus did and find joy in the journey. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. That's the end of Pastor Mark's message, The Race of Faith. Next time, he'll begin the new message, God's Discipline is Good for Us. You'll be reminded that just like raising your earthly children, God's guidance isn't always pleasant. Pastor Mark will speak about the meaning of difficulties in your life and how they can be opportunities to grow spiritually if you'll let them. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting